I believe President Trump was the right president at the right time. I was proud to serve America in his administration, and I agree with a lot of his policies. But the truth is, rightly or wrongly, chaos follows him. You know I'm right. Chaos follows him. That was Nikki Haley at a rally in Bluffton, South Carolina, pitching voters on why she thinks she's a better choice than Donald Trump. With just seven weeks until Republican voters in Iowa have their voices heard, Haley touted polls showing her in second place in the first set of early state races. She also told the crowd that she expects the field to narrow after Iowa and after New Hampshire, which she suggested would allow her to have a real chance to win her home state of South Carolina. Trump, however, still has a wide lead in all three of those states. But you can't deny Haley's rise in the polls, and that has raised questions for some about the viability of some of her candidates, including our next guest, Chris Christie, one of Trump's biggest critics, who has staked out a strategy to show strong support in New Hampshire. And he is with us this morning, former governor of New Jersey, presidential candidate. Good morning. It's great to have you. Good to be here. So uh, we're listening to you this weekend with our friend Dana Bash on State of the Union. And you said something we haven't heard before, that you're in this through the, through the convention, the summer. Yep. But here's what you told us in July. Listen. After I lost to New Hampshire mm -hmm. eight years ago, Poppy, I got out. Yeah. Um, and, and I think I wouldn't feel comfortable asking donors uh, for more money mm. um, or voters for their vote if I didn't see a realistic path you, to victory. Then you also told The New York Times in September, if I don't do well in New Hampshire, then I leave. What changed? Uh, well, nothing's really changed. I just have gone much better in New Hampshire. And so it seems to me that um, there's no path now that doesn't include me continuing. I'm going to do well in New Hampshire. What's well? Uh, I, look, I think right now I'm in the top three, and I think I'm going to do even better than that. Um, and so, you know, that's what's changed. What's changed is that we've started to move up in the polls pretty significantly. Um, Ron DeSantis and Vivek Ramaswamy have dropped significantly in New Hampshire. And so that's what's changed. And so um, I'm going to continue to keep you guys updated um, as circumstances change. And uh, circumstances have changed. So you like the polls right now? <laughs> well, you know, look, I still don't think the polls are really extraordinarily accurate. Um, and, and my proof of that is, just look back to the history. In 07, at this time, Thanksgiving of 07, um, you know, uh, Mitt Romney was winning the Iowa caucuses. Uh, and Mike Huckabee was at 4%. He wound up winning. Um, in, in 2011, uh, at this point, Newt Gingrich was winning the Iowa caucuses by a pretty wide margin. And Rick Santorum, or, or um, yeah, or rather Rick Santorum, who ultimately wound up winning, um, was at 3% on Thanksgiving of 2011. And in 2015, Ben Carson was winning by 10 points, and Ted Cruz was at 7%. So, and he wound up winning. So, it's not that I distrust these particular polls. I just know that voters make their decisions very late in this business, and they're willing to change. In fact, in a recent poll we did, um, Three-quarters of Donald Trump's voters in New Hampshire said they are uh, open to changing their minds between now and primary day on January 23rd. So, you know, I know everybody wants to make this race over um, now, um, but it's not over, and it's, it's not even close to over. And when you look, just look at the history. Forget about predictions. Let's look at what's happened over mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. And what's happened tells you that there's a long way to go here, and I like the fact that we're gaining momentum now. It does seem, though, that the, the, the new 
kind of it candidate in the field right now is Nikki Haley. She's been rising in the polls. There's a lot of talk about her. One of the issues that I think she was able to differentiate or has gotten credit for differentiating herself is on abortion, particularly in the wake uh, of what we saw in Virginia, what we saw uh, a couple weeks ago in November. But I was struck a couple weeks ago in Iowa, she said she would sign a six-week abortion ban. Poppy asked you uh, about abortion when you were on set a couple months ago. Would you sign a six-week abortion ban? I would not sign a six-week national abortion ban. And and the reason I wouldn't is because we fought for 50 years, and we had this conversation a little bit before. We fought for 50 years to put this in the hands of the people, to say the federal government, in that case the Supreme Court, had taken it out of the hands of the people and given them no voice. Now people are having a voice, and we've seen it. You mentioned Virginia, Michigan, Ohio, Kansas. And one thing I know for sure is there is no consensus around a six-week abortion ban nationally. Do you think that makes her unelectable? I think uh, it makes it much election? more difficult in a general election for her mm. because you could see when Governor DeSantis signed that bill in, in Florida, it certainly affected his popularity with a broader electorate. Um, and, and my view is this. I want the people, not the politicians, to make this decision. So let people vote in the states. We see a great um, exercise in democracy going on all across this country. This is one of the most emotional issues anyone's going to have to deal with. I'm pro-life. That's my personal belief, and I believe strongly in it. But here's the bottom line, is that people should be able to make this choice. It's too emotional to put this in the hands of politicians. And imagine if you're the American people, and you watch this House of Representatives try to pick a speaker and see what they went through. Watch this Senate not be able to promote military officers because they're so paralyzed. You want to put abortion in the hands of those folks? Mm. I don't. So as president, I would not sign a six-week abortion ban it doesn't represent consensus in the country, and it's taking away, most importantly to me, what we fought for for 50 years, was put this in the hands of the people, let each state make their own decision. Let's talk about money, okay, because it matters a whole lot yep. in politics. There are some big money guys, and there are guys who, Ken Langone, who backed you in 2016 until you dropped out of the race, uh, planning to meet with Nikki Haley next week. He told CNBC, the only person I see who can give Trump a run for his money is Nikki Haley. Ken Griffin, the big financier, big Republican donor, told Bloomberg he was actively contemplating it when it comes to Nikki Haley. Are you worried about the big money going after Haley? I'm really not. Because, really? No, because none of them have. You don't want it? Well, well none of them have. And, and look, I've, I've met with Ken Griffin and spoken to him as well. Um, I think he's going through the process of trying to decide if there's someone that he believes could beat Donald Trump and if he wants to support that person. And there's plenty of other folks. And we've had... A number of people, uh, both folks that I've known over the years on Wall Street and folks around the country who have been supporting our campaign and supporting our super PAC. And so I, I don't feel concerned at all. We feel like we have, you always can use more money, Poppy. So no one's going to say no. This is why you surprised me when you said you're not worried. No, well, but you don't, we can't worry about this stuff. You go out and work. Yeah. And you make your case to the American people including these donors, as to why you're the best alternative. And if you're convincing, you'll get them to write a check. And if you're not, you won't. But I don't sit every day worrying about it. And look, um, Governor Haley's campaign is good at putting out process stories, like even stories about someone meeting with someone. I, I, I'm, I don't put out stories about every person I meet with for two reasons. One, I don't know what the meeting's going to lead to. And two, I like to keep those things quiet. Uh, those people tend to be more honest with you when they're quiet. Um, and so, you know, the process stories are wonderful. But in the end, what's going to matter is um, who are people voting for? And my concern about this abortion issue is, is real because you can't say one thing in Iowa and something different in New Hampshire. Now, I was on the stage next to Governor Haley when she gave a long talk at, the, I think it was the second debate, about how 
we don't want to divide the country on this. I don't, I, we have to respect everyone's opinions. But then when she's sitting across from Bob Vanderplatz in Iowa, a much more conservative place, she says, I'd sign a six-week abortion ban. Well, which one is it? And I, I, th I think we have to take her at a word that she would sign a six-week abortion ban. And I don't think that represents consensus in this country. And the problem is you're going to divide the country even more, and Republicans don't need that right now. We need to win. And to win, we need to let people speak mm. themselves, not put it in the hands of politicians. It seems like something that might come up at a debate. And if someone asks you, know, <laughs> you know, Phil, I'll answer. I mean, the thing that's different about my debate performances from the other folks is I actually listen to the questions and then answer the question that's asked rather than the answer that I memorized beforehand. I mean, it's a crazy strategy, <laughs> but we're going to we're going to actually try to be responsive to people. And I think that's why you've seen our numbers go up after the last debate, because I think people looked on the stage and said, these are extraordinarily serious times. And we don't want to be treated unseriously. And when you say one thing in Iowa and something different in New Hampshire, when you're not telling people a responsive answer to a direct question, people begin to wonder how serious you are. And with the war in Israel, with the war in Ukraine, with the problems we have here at home economically, um, and, the, and the unrest that we have on our college campuses, mm -hmm. um, you need a serious president who's going to answer the questions directly and tell people the truth. That's why we're running. Governor Chris Christie, we always appreciate you coming in. Thank hey, you very much. It's great to be back here. Thank you. Good to see you both.